So in my wayward youth, which in this case was about a decade ago, <laughs> had an extended adolescence, uh, many of my nights out would end late in the evening at a convenience store looking for a sandwich. And uh, this one night, I was out with a, with a buddy, and we wound up 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, searching for our fourth meal or our fifth meal, whatever it was. I lost track. And um, the, the pickings were slim of the sandwiches that were left. And I found a sandwich, and it was, it was a sad sandwich. <laughs> this is my best approximation of it. It was a sad sandwich, this little limp lettuce that just hung there. Felt bad for it. Forlorn pickle. <laughs> Rumor of ketchup that had once kind of soaked into the bread. Bread that gave up hope long ago. And, well, I ate the sandwich anyway. But, <laughs> but before I did, I shouted out, Where's the love? Where's the love in the sandwich? There was no love. I could be funny back then, but I could also be a total ass back then. i got to remember that. But the point is here today, that question, where's the love? That's what's most key. That's what today's song is about. Finding the love, cultivating the love. This song is a universalist declaration of love as a uniting, unitive, unifying force. And it echoes a treasured passage in one of Henry David Thoreau's writings, one of our leading lights from our spiritual ancestry that is our inheritance in this tradition. Thoreau, who was known in his time to those who knew him, as one of the first Westerners to really engage the writings of the Buddha and Buddhism. And so he wrote this. I know that some will have hard thoughts of me when they hear their Christ named beside my Buddha. Yet I am sure that I am willing that they should love their Christ more than my Buddha. For the love is the main thing. And I like Jesus as well. He concludes. The main thing he's saying, it's the devotion we bring to our lives. Not the dogma or the object of that religious devotion that matters the most. The devotion, not the dogma, matters. The song says it. You are unnameable. You are unnotable. Unknowable. All we have is metaphor. That's what time and space are for. There is so much we do not know, cannot know, about the nature of life itself. And how we approach that unknowing makes all the difference in our spiritual lives. Do we do it with an insistence that other people must believe as we do? Or do we turn more deeply into our own hearts and to wanting to know the hearts of others so that we can touch the reality of life that Thoreau said, where it is the love that is the main thing. This is important right now, especially in the wake of the Boston bombings. There are some who insist, who absolutely insist that, that if only people would start believing the one true faith, whatever that one true faith should be from the perspective of those people saying it, if only people would believe this and stop believing all those others, all our problems would be done. And then, of course, there are all these folks over here who, who, who want to say, 
any form of spiritual, religious, or belief is the problem. As long as no one believes anything spiritually, then all our problems will be solved. Well, this is one of our core values here at Wellsprings, that there is an authentic choice beyond, not between, but beyond secularism and fundamentalism. And Wellsprings is a particular choice for people who wish to grow spiritually, who reject both of those false extremes. Writing about this this past week was one of my favorite bloggers, Andrew Sullivan. And he was reflecting on a quote by a Muslim theologian in response to those who wanted to lump all Muslims believers together and particularly associated with those who in the name of Islam commit violence. And Andrew Sullivan agreed with what this theologian was saying and said these words, The struggle of our time is not between religions so much as the struggle is within religions. The battle is between fundamentalist certainty on one hand and religious humility on the other. That's what we hear in this song. That's what we hear in Thoreau's writing. And by the way, it's about so much more than just, quote-unquote, you know, respect for theological diversity. We, you use, love to talk about that, respect for theological diversity, like we're all just a bunch of disembodied course catalogs walking around, wanting to understand. No, that's not what this song is about, and that's it's not what Thoreau was saying. It's more than just respect for theological diversity. This is about practicing kind of reconciling love. And when I say reconciling, I'm talking about reconciliation which can help to heal the hurts, the harms that exist within us and between us. That is when love is the main thing, that kind of reconciling love. Because notice, in what I read to you before from Thoreau's writings, he said, there are some that will have hard thoughts of me. Conflict. Hatred. Resistance. And notice how he does not return serve. He could. He could absolutely volley it right back. Saying you're wrong. Or returning hard thoughts to them. But notice as he makes love the main thing. Notice the generosity of spirit that he expresses. He doesn't return serve with his own hard thoughts or hard hearts. He extends an olive branch of saying, let your love be even more abundant than my love because it is love that is the main thing and that is what can unite us together. It's one of the core beliefs of Wellspring is that there are many streams, many streams which flow to the same ocean and many paths paved with grace and wisdom upon which to explore our faith. The same ocean. There is but one common human destiny and many paths grace and wisdom upon which to explore that however not all paths are paved with grace and wisdom it's one of the things that most drives me up the wall about what unitarian universalism has become and i've heard it many times in my life oh i'm unitarian universalist because we can believe anything no we can believe many things if love is the main thing But you know what? You cannot be a Unitarian Universalist and believe gay people are going to hell. You cannot be a Unitarian Universalist and believe that any tradition, right wing, left wing, has the answers because its book of scripture long ago settled the matter. 
That is not a Unitarian Universalist teaching. Because there are some religious and spiritual paths that lead to awful, vile outcomes. Some interpretations of spiritual path lead people to plant bombs by finish lines. Some include the idea that we must wipe other people and their being off the map. Some think the interpretation of their faith means making other people permanent second-class citizens under the law. Where's the love in these paths? I don't hear it. I don't experience it. I get a lot of afflictive emotions, (laughs) a lot of anger, a lot of fear, a lot of incitement to violence, physical violence, emotional violence, spiritual violence. Where's the love? It's not there in those teachings. By making love the main thing, our transformation is possible. Bigger than any denomination, bigger than any tradition. It invites us to really dig into the truth that Alice Walker said. This is a great teaching, and it should make us quake a little bit. (laughs) Makes me quake a little bit. She said, love makes me look at what I can't stand. We want to numb out. We want to close down. We want to shut off. When we want to say we have an idea of another person's reality, we have an idea of our own. And that's the whole picture. Love makes me look at what I can't stand. That is non-squishy love. That is reconciling love. That's what it looks like in practice when we encourage ourselves beyond fear, beyond vitriol, beyond resistance, because sometimes we're just resistance to growth because we all say we want to grow. But then really, yeah, growth is tough. Growth is hard. To really grow means to look at those places that sometimes we don't want to look at. I heard a beautiful example of this kind of reconciling love not too long ago on uh, Voices in the Family. Do you know that, that, that NPR show, the Dan Gottlieb? And uh, Mr. Gottlieb had um, a woman named Kristen Neff on. And Kristen Neff studies cultivates a lot of things that are very close to my own heart. Uh, self-compassion, uh, mindfulness, authentic human connections. This is the calling of her life, is to cultivate these things and celebrate these things and share these things. And at one point in this beautiful conversation about self-compassion, a, a woman called in, and you could tell from the very outset that she was struggling. You could hear that just calling in was already an act of courage and bravery, because you could hear the the tears that were already forming in her eyes. And, and she said, all this sounds wonderful to me, but, but I, I can't love myself. I don't love myself. And Dan Gottlieb, who's just got this rich, wonderful, inviting voice. He could tell also, as a skilled professional, there's decades of story of pain behind this. And in a two-minute phone call, he wasn't going to get to all of it. So instead, he did something really skillful. He, he said would, would, to the caller, would, would you put your hand over your heart? Maybe you do that here. Put your hand over your heart. See, because I think what he was doing, he was saying, where's the love? Connect to it. Reconnect to the heart of the matter, the source, the center of our being, literally, metaphorically, biologically, spiritually, something primordial, something ancient and rhythmic, and that unites us 
beat by beat by beat by beat with everyone and everything who has ever lived. That's, that's more than a concept. That's preconceptual. Of course, it wasn't all the help that this particular caller needed. But without this signature commitment, this getting in touch with the heart, what healing would be possible? That's making love the main thing. And these are real moments in all of our lives. And maybe you're experiencing one of them right now or in this time or season in your life. It's those moments when you say, I don't know what's going on here. I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know. And we shut off. Because that not knowing brings up feelings of insecurity or that not knowing brings up feelings of incompetence or self-loathing. One of those moments is right now, we know how scary that can be. And yet, and yet, here's the thing. When we make love the main thing for ourselves, we stay in that conversation and we vow, even if it's just opening the door just a little bit, just enough to let a little bit of light in. We stay in the conversation. We stay in that dialogue and that conscious contact with our lives. And we open our heart even if we don't know what the outcome is. Even in the space and in the place of so much that we don't know, we can turn back to our lives again if love is the main thing. Reminds me of one of uh, a really beloved piece of the Christian scriptures. Knowledge puffs up, rawr, but love builds up. Knowledge. Rawr, let me hear it. Come on. The wimpiest lions I've ever heard. I didn't ask for kitty cats. I asked for roars. Knowledge puffs up. Come on. All right. Fine. Thank you. Awesome. Great job. But love builds up. I got a, I got a beautiful taste of this in my life really recently. I'm working uh, in a context outside of Wellsprings. And it's a, it's a role in, in which my ability to know stuff is really important. <laughs> I got to know my stuff in this role. And that was serving me well and serving other people well. Until it didn't. <laughs> Until some misunderstandings started to get involved. Until some of the trust started to ebb away. And no matter how much more I knew or the other folks knew, they're not going to go forward. And so this thought came to mind. Knowledge puffs up. And I was feeling real puffed up. Real prideful. But love builds up. And so the next first time I, I talked to these folks, I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we wound up at this place wasn't my intention. And yet here we are. And some of the other folks in the conversation said, yeah, I'm, you know, we're, we're sorry too. And love built up. Built a connection. When love is the main thing, we allow ourselves to grow beyond what we know. 
this reconciling work, it's also just not about interpersonal relationships. It's about transformation on a wider scale, a place where sometimes people may feel that hopelessness has come to reign. It's another example. What making love the main thing looks like in action. Some of you might uh, have seen this picture, this still from a piece from NBC News. And this is from a place in a part of the world that... Um, not as high profile or will get as much um, press as uh, bombings by the end, uh, by the finish line of a marathon will get, or children slaughtered and Sandy Hook will get. But this is a place where violence is commonplace. This is a picture of the rotunda of a school named Orchard Garden in Roxbury, Massachusetts. In Boston. And it's a place where a guy named Andrew Bott, who was the sixth principal in seven years at this school. And this is a place where careers went to die. <laughs> because this school, if you know anything about Roxburgh, is a tough neighborhood. It's a part of Boston that struggles. And Andrew Bott, perhaps because he had no other choice left before him, other than just playing out the string until he left or got fired decided to take hundreds of thousands of dollars that were dedicated toward locking that school down, towards making it a security fortress. He took hundreds of thousands of dollars and got rid of all the security guards, all that security state apparatus, and he invested hundreds of thousands of dollars into art, <laughs> into creativity, and dance, and drama. And so many of those things allows the soul to come alive again. See, that's what happens in our lives, on grand scale or small scale, when we choose to make love the main thing. We take smart, creative risks. We choose to go, as this school did, from defended fortress, closed off, solid, impervious, to, like the name of the school says, garden growth. The letting things grow again within us, around us, between us, amongst us. I mean, this school could have embraced more fear. That would have been the logical choice, right? That's what you do in a high crime area, which kids can't even carry backpacks because they're afraid they're going to have weapons. They could have continued to treat the kids as suspects, as prisoners yet to be, which is how a lot of the world treats them. But instead, they chose a different path, love. Non-sentimental, non-sappy, non-hallmark card love. The commitment and desire to see life flourish. And Orchard Gardens grew green again. Their scores are way up. They still got a host of problems. Those are not going away anytime soon. But Orchard Gardens, I mean, look where we are. I'm in Montgomery School. I mean, this is, this is some quality education here. And it's not cheap from what I understand. Look at all this art. And Orchard Gardens doesn't look all that different from this. We recognize when we make love the main thing. We recognize the wisdom of what the biologist Umberto Maturana said. That love is the only emotion that expands intelligence. Expands intelligence in terms of creativity, of finding solutions where solutions didn't seem to be apparent. 
when we allow and make love the main thing, we surprise ourselves with our creativity and our ability to forge connections. A small group that I'm a part of right now here at Wellsprings we call Facing Aggression with Loving Kindness. And it's one of a lot of groups here at Wellsprings that are focusing on cultivating qualities of the heart. And facing aggression, of course, is a huge matter. And one eight-week small group is not going to do all that much to transform it. But who we are here is about planting seeds, little by little by little. And inviting all of us to see where are spaces in your life, in your workplace, in your home, in your family, in your schools, in your relationships, in your friendships, in which that spirit to make love the main thing might open up creative, spacious capacity where right now there feels only tightness and hard-heartedness and shut-downedness. This is one of the most wonderful things about serving a growing congregation is that we get to take more and more seriously the question Not the obligation, but the question. How will we be shapers of this larger culture of which Wellsprings is a part? A culture that too often goes to the fortress mentality, that goes to the closed down mentality because of fear, because of anger, because of vitriol, because of misunderstanding. I want to hold open more space for us to do this at Wellsprings together and to keep our own lives green and growing. We make love the main thing in our lives when we allow the ultimate facts of our existence. There's just one common human destiny for all of us, regardless of what some dogmas might say. That ultimate fact, one ocean, we're all bound for it. When we allow those ultimate facts to match up with the intimate facts, Maybe place that hand on that heart again, if you would. That we all have hearts that beat. And we all have hearts that bleed. The ultimate and the intimate brought together so that we can maybe, just a little bit today, even if we didn't walk in here feeling any love whatsoever, or maybe a whole lot of love. I don't know how you walked in here today. I'm curious to find out. That we can say, we can really feel And ask, where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? I'm asking a question. Thank you. I'm hearing a little bit over here. Uh Where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? With enthusiasm, people. Where's the love? Here's the love. Where else could it be? Amen. And may you live in blessing. Let's pray together. O divine and expansive path of love unfurling and embroidering itself in the fabric of our lives. May we invite ourselves this day in our interactions, in our relationships with ourselves and with each other and with all others that we may encounter to make love the main thing. 
to allow that love to open space within us and to transcend the borders, the barriers that we place upon this life, our ideas of this life, our conceptions of this life. May we invite ourselves to make love the main thing and create clear and distinct and open channels for the workings of love and grace and spirit within us and around us. May it be so, and amen.